The holidays can definitely add some unwanted stress. These days, everything is go, go, go. Nonstop hustle has taken over, and it's kind of a lot. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the can or bottles even turn blue when chilled to perfection. Coors Light is brewed with a three-step cold process, cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged, so it's actually made to chill. As the games are getting hotter, reach for the mountain cold refreshment of a cold Coors Light. You can even have Coors delivered to your door. Go to get.coorslight.com and find local delivery options near you. So when you want to reset your busy life, reach for the beer that's made to chill, Coors Light. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, Texas fans. This is the Longhorn Confidential for Thursday, December 10th. I'm Danny Davis, the Austin American Statesman. As always, I'm joined on this Thursday to talk recruiting by Mr. Mike Craven. Mike, say hello to the people. What's going on, everybody? Mike, um, I think we should use today's podcast to kind of look ahead at, at a couple subjects. Um, next Wednesday, it's the first day of the early signing period. Kind of, I mean, I know 2020 has been a very long year, but you blink and all of a sudden this, t- this annual time's here. Um, we'll have a signing day podcast for anyone who wants to listen next Wednesday, but let's kind of preview things today. And my first question, Mike, is are you surprised the NCAA didn't cancel this or at least delay the signing period with everything that's been going on with coronavirus and kids not able to go on recruiting trips and recruiting kind of turned into this weird online Zoom, uh, you know, social media kind of thing as, as opposed to what it normally is. Are you surprised that the NCAA just didn't kind of wipe their hands and say we'll deal with this at the normal February period? Yeah, I am a little bit. I, I think they thought about it. It was explored. The reason that it wasn't uh, pushed forward or probably didn't get more traction, I don't know if – I don't think they think anything will be different by February. If if, if there was going to be uh, something different in January that would have allowed all these guys to finally take some official visits and colleges to be able to pull it off, I believe that there would have been more conversations or a bigger push to, to move early signing period or to eliminate it altogether this year. Uh, but with this thing uh, looking like you know normal travel is not going to really open up until probably the summer in 2021, I feel like the NCAA thought you know the best thing to do is just keep it the same. Let let the guys who want to sign early sign early, and, and just make the the best out of you know what are all bad uh, options for this cycle right now. Now Texas has, I, I believe, 19 commits in this 2021 class. Yep. How many should Texas fans expect to sign? Um, next week, last year, I believe Texas signed all but two commits uh, during the early signing period, and the two they didn't sign were not commits at the time. They both um, committed during, right right ahead of the signing period in February. So um, are all 19 going to sign, or are some going to kind of wait and see what happens? Or ha- what do you expect to see next Wednesday? Yeah, I honestly – I sent out some, uh, some texts last week. I kind of just texted everybody in the class, DM'd them or texted them, depending on if I had their number, and just kind of, you know, hey, are you going to sign in December? Are you going to wait till February? And, and to a man, they all uh, said they were going to uh, sign in uh, December. So uh, Texas fans should expect, you know, each of the commitments to, to sign early. Uh, and like past classes, if they don't, I think it's an indicator that they're still looking around. Now – this is a weird year. You know, everybody's in playoffs. Normally, the only people that have to, d- the, to deal with this are, are guys in the state championship games and stuff like that. But 
you know, the by district round is starting on Friday. So area round playoffs are going to be that, that next week. There's a lot, every single one of the in-state commits, uh, you know, made the playoffs. So it's going to be weird, but it's going to be weird for everybody. And I think most of them just want to get it out of the way, um, sign, knowing that January is not going to be any different. They're not going to be able to take official visits. Had the NCAA pushed back early signing period or allowed visits to happen in January, I, I think there'd be fewer guys signing across the board, but with nothing changing and with nothing uh, going to change before between now and actual national signing day in February, I believe all the guys who are committed are, are just going to go ahead and, and sign because there's not a lot of other options they can explore unless they just do it so digitally. So Texas fans aren't going to be freaking out if Jatavian Sanders announces he's going to wait till, fe- till February. He's going to make his decision on, on, on Wednesday and presumably, presumably that'll, be, that'll be Texas. You know, as of Thursday of last week, you know, I, I talked to him personally and he said he was committed to Texas and that he's planning to sign Wednesday. So, um, again, these are teenagers and this is recruiting. So <laughs> everything is written in pencil and not pen uh, when, we're, when we're discussing these things. But, uh, at, you know, I, I'm the guy who Quinn Ewers told was 100% committed, you know, three days before he decommitted. So, I mean, all of this stuff can, can change in a heartbeat. Uh, you know, it's not always as forthcoming as you'd want it to be. Uh, in these situations, but, uh, you know, on face value, on, on surface level, he said he was going to uh, stay committed and, and sign on Wednesday, and that's a, that's a big deal uh, for this class because he is far and away uh, the best prospect in this group. So my big question is, um, obviously the big news of this past week was Urban Meyer said thanks but no thanks to whatever overtures um, Texas was sending his way. Uh, you know, our newspaper, the Statesman, Kirk Bowles, and Brian Davis among the reporters who um, reported that. So if these 19 players all sign next week, is that a sign that Tom Herman, um, at least the, they're, they're confident that he, he is coming back? Because that would be really weird if, you know, they all uh, signed on Wednesday and Tom Herman was fired on Thursday and, you know, these 19 commits are kind of in a precarious uh, situation. Or are these two things completely unrelated, do you think? Yeah, I think they're unrelated. You know, um, when you when you commit to a school, you just you, you gotta you gotta assume there's going to be some rumors and coaching changes, especially at Texas. I just, you know, I, I think the the guys in the recruiting class pay less attention to this stuff than maybe people on Twitter and and stuff like that. I think they're committed to Herman. They believe he's going to stay. Um, the conversations they're having with the coaching staffs behind the scenes scenes. Uh, indicate that they're going to be around. So I, I think in their mind, um, everything's status quo. And, you know, you should be committed to a school. That's a, much, that's a lot harder uh, to say, or a lot harder to do than it is to say. But I, at the end of the day, you have to want to join the program uh, no matter who is going to be in charge. And so uh, it's just a lot of uncertainty. And I, I don't think that's just Texas, you know, with the season being so weird and up in the air and not finished and all, all the things that are going on. I think there's a lot of variables and uncertainty everywhere. So you kind of just have to pick your best, uh, best bet, your best choice, and just kind of go with it this year. And, you know, if things happen down the road, there's transfers and different stuff you can, you can figure out. But, you know, at this point, you're just not going to get 100%, you know, sure thing uh, this cycle. With the uncertainty about Tom Herman's job status and um, the just kind of weirdness that is, uh, has been this recruiting period, if you, you know, weren't our recruiting guru and you were more of a recruiting um, advisor and one of these uh, 
commits, these Texas commits came to you and like, Mike, what do you think? Should I sign on Wednesday or should I wait until February to get more clarity on Tom? Maybe something crazy opens up and I can go on some visits. Should I wait it out or, you know, stick it out? Would you tell them to hold off? You know, this is a big decision and you want to make sure everything's lined up or would you say, uh, go secure your spot and sign, sign on Wednesday? Yeah, this year, I, I would say secure your spot. You know, unless you don't know that that's the university you want to go to, um, you need to go secure your spot. This year is weird. And with eligibility being up in the air, um, you know, you don't know how many spots are going to be available. If you don't sign in December, who knows if that spot will still be available in February. Say a, a senior who the coaches thought were going to leave uh, decides to stay and now that spot's kind of gone or they don't really want to use that spot on you, you know, necessarily you may get nudged out of the way. So uh, with so much variables going on, so much uncertainty, uh, if I was, if I liked a school and had been committed there for a while, that's where I would sign on Wednesday, uh, maybe more so than any other cycle. I'm not a huge proponent of the early signing period. I, I believe take as much time as you can, take as many visits as you can, but this year is different. So you just need to to go ahead and secure your spot and let the chips fall later. As you mentioned, um, a lot of these athletes are going to be having busy weeks next week. They're going to be, you know, doing their signing. First off, do you, do you even know what a signing ceremony looks like in the, in this time? Are these uh, athletes going to get the whole pomp and circumstance? Are they going to be like at home doing this on zoom? I mean, do you, do you have an idea what a signing ceremony actually looks like next week? Yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of guys are going to have it, you know, at, at their gym or, you know, somewhere where they can have at least some people in there socially distanced with masks on and stuff like that. It won't – it definitely won't be, uh, you know, the school shuts down and takes everybody to the gym to watch this thing in fourth period like it normally is. But I still think you're going to see some small gatherings of, of families, friends, coaches um, to take some photos and kind of, you know, mark this occasion. Because, again, I mean, even with everything going on, this is a, amongst the – biggest days of these young people's lives and the parents too. It's a huge, huge accomplishment to be able to go uh, play college sports somewhere and get some of that education paid for, if not all of that education paid for. And this goes for every single sport. So, you know, I, I hope uh, that is done responsibly and stuff like that, but I, I don't see anything wrong with uh, trying to figure out a way uh, to celebrate on that day in some kind of fashion. Um, so, that will be on Wednesday for, or maybe Thursday or maybe Friday for a lot of these recruits. Then if you're in the state of Texas, you have a playoff game on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday because the playoffs for the big schools start um, this week. Uh, Jonathan Brooks, who's at fine health, still running back, I believe he's in the state semifinals of the smaller school um, playoffs, which have been going on for the last, uh, last few weeks. So what postseason storylines are you um, – kind of looking forward to are you interested in that involve a Texas commit as we kind of take a couple of minutes to preview the Texas high school football playoffs which are always a big deal in the state yeah I think first off is is probably Charles Wright the quarterback at Austin High Austin High has not won a playoff game since the 50s I want to say 1957 um, so that's a big one on Friday they play against Vandergrift uh, in the Austin area it's out in Bastrop at Monroe Stadium uh, so going to try to be out there. I, you know, I think that probably from a historical standpoint, it's probably the biggest storyline, you know, at least for me as a local guy who kind of grew up playing high school football in this area as well. Uh, to see Austin High win a playoff game would be big. They play Vandegrift, which is later ISD school. So it should be a tough one. Um, and then, you know, there's Jonathan Brooks, like you said, uh, state semifinal game Thursday against Lano. 
you know, one win away from, from getting to the state playoff or state championship. And his stock has rose uh, tremendously uh, with his run as a senior. Jatavion Sanders at Denton Ryan, I believe Denton Ryan is the favorite to win Class 5A Division One, so he'll, he'll be another guy uh, to watch. I found it interesting when doing – I was kind of doing a piece this week on, you know, kind of, you know, what's going on with all the in-state guys. Let's check in on their season and stuff. And every single one of the in-state recruits made the playoffs. J.D. Coffey at Kennedale is already out of the playoffs because they were Class 4A, so they lost, I believe, in the area round. Derek Harris, uh, junior defensive end from New Caney, is injured, so he's not playing, but New Caney is in the playoffs. So, you know, every in-state guy is postseason bound. I thought that was a, a pretty cool stat. So let's throw Jatavian out of this next question because we know how much of a, a stud he is. Um, just if you saw that one-handed catch he made last week um, on Twitter, you, you know what we, we are talking about it defensive end who can play like an outside receiver. That's absurd. But um, take him out of the equation. Which UT pledge has a chance to win the state title this year? And then also, what you, and let's also take Jonathan Brooks out of the equation too since he's already in the state semifinals. But um, also, which UT pledge could kind of see their stock rise in the playoffs, kind of like Jordan Whittington did a couple years ago at Quero when, you know, they went on that insane run. He had that insane uh, six-touchdown performance in the state championship game. Yeah, uh, in terms of best chance to win a state title, if we're taking away Denton Ryan and Hallettsville, uh, probably Shadow Creek. They're the defending Class 5A Division One state champion. They'll now be in Class 6A, uh, but they're in Division Two, And so, you know, Region 3 is there pretty loaded. Katie uh, happens to get Division Two this year because of the way the playoffs shook, shook out. So Division Two not as easy as it normally is with Katie and Katie Taylor in there. Uh, but Shadow Creek's really good. They, they've kind of adjusted the plan a 6A ball from 5A, but I, I'd say they probably have the best shot. I honestly don't think any of the other uh, guys play on a team that has a real legitimate shot at winning a state title, so that's kind of a tough one if we take out Sanders. Uh, and then in terms of stock rising, you know, I don't know if there's somebody who – and that, that's the thing with this year is you don't get to go see these guys to have those big games. You know, you only see the highlights and stuff, and so it, it's not as easy – uh, to make those jumps, I don't know if anybody really plays a position that they're going to just overly dominate in. Uh, I think Jonathan Brooks is probably the best answer there just because of his his big uh, playoff run and senior senior season just in general. So I just – I don't think much changes this year. Um, I don't – I haven't seen as much movement in the rankings across all of the recruiting surfaces. I'm not going to have much movement in my Fab 55, at least at the top level. Um, there just isn't enough data points this year um, to really tell. So I, I just don't – I don't see anybody – and this goes for commits everywhere, not just Texas commits. I just don't see uh, many unknowns happening in, in, the, in the playoffs that kind of push that stuff. Now, Texas is not the only state that plays high school football. Um, the state of Colorado wrapped up their state champ – or their state playoffs, uh, I believe, last weekend. And Gunnar Helm, who's a tight end out there, he won a state title. Gunner's next stop is in at is Texas. He's part of this 2021 class. Um, what do UT fans need to know about Gunner other, other than the fact that he's a he's a winner? Yeah, uh, plays at a really good program um, there. You know, this is another one that's tough because I don't. You know, usually at by this time in the cycle, I would have had gone and saw Gunner play uh, football and met him in person and be able to see what he looks like in terms of like size if he actually is what he's listed as and stuff like that. But yeah, you, know, you can't travel this year, not not to those kind of places and stuff. And so, 
Um, you know, I don't really know um, other, you know, other than what film um, suggests and film says that he's a, you know, a guy who can do both things as a tight end. He can block a little, he can also be a, a receiving threat. I think he's probably a little bit further ahead as a receiver than he is as a blocker. Cade Brewer is probably the name um, that comes up if I, if I'm really trying to make a comparison to, to somebody recent that Texas fans would know uh, needs to get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, but that's true for most um, high school tight ends. What I will say is unlike the state of Texas that doesn't use a lot of tight ends anymore, as more teams have gone to the spread uh, his school there, they still use kind of an old school tight end. So he plays the position in a way um, that, you know, he'll be asked to at Texas, which will help his transition a little bit, uh, little bit quicker he's not as big as a Jared Wiley or as a Malcolm Epps so I think Cade Brewer is probably the closest comparison uh current roster wise to his talent level awesome you know we will wrap up this high school Texas high school football um playoff on on one note this is a pro LBJ podcast uh yeah yes we are rooting for the Jags as they go to the state semifinals for the first time um Great story for them as they dropped down to the Class 4A level and just kind of took off this year and had a really, really fun fun run. I believe Cedric Golden is writing a column um, on them for Friday's newspaper. And, of course, I don't know if Rick or, um, Rick or Thomas will be up at, at their game this weekend, but be sure to check out those, uh, those words and uh, go, go Jags. Um, Craven's Corner, that's uh, our last stop on this podcast. Weekly look at gambling. It'll be on hook'em.com. The new look, hook'em.com. On uh, Wednesday, it'll be in the newspaper on Thursday. Mike, uh, the line that Texas fans are probably interested in is Texas-Kansas. Now, we are taping this on Wednesday morning before the uh, women's basketball game that I had to head over to against Idaho at the Irwin Center at 1. So this game may not even be happening by the time uh, you listen to this podcast. But – Let's assume this game actually happens and Texas is allowed to practice and uh, they, they get back some negative uh, coronavirus tests. It's a 29-and-a-half-point line. Um, what do you think of this line? Do you even touch a line like, like this if Texas hasn't been able to practice the entire week, or is Kansas that bad? Uh, well, yes, Texas, or Kansas is that bad. Uh, but also, I yeah, I don't touch any line that's over 28 points. I, I really don't touch any line that's over 21 points just because that's just a brutal thing to have to watch. And if you put money on it, then you're forced to watch it, and it's just no fun. You're rooting for a huge blowout. It's, just not, it's not an enjoyable experience as a gambler. So I stay away from it. I would probably bet on Texas there because I think Kansas is just that awful. And, you know, even if Texas doesn't try to score too often, that means giving the ball to Bajon Robinson and – Rashawn Johnson, which I think are probably the best two plays in, in Texas playbook right now. So I, I would think that they'd win by over 30 points. But again, I just I don't see much value in, in betting on a game uh, with that big of a spread. Do you have an NCAA or NFL bet that you do want to bet on something that you saw that, you know, you're just ready to ready to go dish some dish some cash out at? Yeah, I, I, Buffalo minus two and a half over the Steelers. I'm not a believer in Pittsburgh this year. I know they're 11 and one, uh, just lost to, to the Washington football team. Um, I just don't see it. I, I think the Bills are a really good football team. Josh Allen's a great quarterback. Minus two and a half at home uh, seems like a good deal there. And then uh, one that you'll like, you know, been on this Browns thing all year. Browns plus one against the Ravens. Uh, 
honestly think Cleveland may be the best team in that division. I know that's hard to say with Pittsburgh just now losing their first game, you know, this week or whatever, but uh, Cleveland's playing better than anybody in that division. Baker Mayfield's making a lot of people uh, not tweet as much as they used to on Sundays. So that's always enjoyable. Um, and I, you know, Monday night game at home against the struggling Ravens squad. I, I think the Browns win that one outright. So take them plus one. This is also a pro Baker Mayfield podcast. At least half of the half of this podcast is a pro Baker Mayfield podcast. I'm pro Baker Mayfield. I'm yeah. pro Baker. I, I enjoy uh, I enjoy the attitude in which Baker plays with. You're pro Baker and pro LBJ. But uh, Mike, your dotted line column runs throughout the week on Statesman.com. In addition to your Cravens Corner um, words, what have you been working on this week, and what are where are you going aside? I guess from the LBJ. Or not the other day, the uh, Austin High Vandergrift game this weekend. What else are you, who else will you be seeing this weekend? Yeah, so Thursday, uh, going to work on the new Fab 55, updating that. Already got the list done, so just got to update that into the, the the system that should be out Thursday online, and then somewhere over the weekend in print. Um, then yeah, going to Hallettsville versus Lano on Thursday. It's in Georgetown, so that's an easy, quick drive for me. Uh, I feel like I'm like covering uh, Hallettsville. I, I should be employed by the Victoria Advocate at this point because uh, this will be like the third or fourth time seeing them. Uh, and then Friday, like I mentioned earlier, Austin High versus Vandergrift. are going to go see Charles Wright. Uh, maybe make some history and kind of solidify his legacy as, you know, he's a three-star guy. He was committed to Iowa State. But honestly, he'll probably walk out of Austin High as the best high school football player at that school since we've been alive and so if he can win a game uh, against Vandergrift on Friday and get Austin High their first playoff game since the 50s he's going to go down in in history at that school so uh, that'll be an interesting one to watch a lot of pressure there see how he handles that even if a Victoria advocate did uh did employ you you will never be the best Mike to work at that newspaper. Our, our, <laughs> yeah. guy, our guy, Mike Foreman, he's, he's the man down in those parts. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's absolutely – that's a great point. <laughs> that's a fantastic point. I know I know the pecking order on that <laughs> on that one. All right, well, we're going to get out of here. Uh, don't forget to shoot us a review at the Apple Store or in the Google Podcast app. We sure do appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in, in each week. We will be back here next Wednesday into Thursday to kind of recap signing day and um, a look over Texas's class of 2021. We appreciate you listening, and we'll see you down the road. Peace.